right, welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Eric. My name is Tyler. And we are back. Season Dose. Season two. Two. Here we are. So, we decided to start a new season. It's a new season. Um, <laughs> we, we we just felt like we, we, you know, we did like eight or nine episodes. We kind of talked about various topics and we were like, man, that was awesome. It was kind of it was kind of difficult because we, we were like all over the place. I think it, they were good. But man, it was just kind of hard, like being kind of scattered a little bit. We we're like, we need to kind of hone it in a little bit. Yeah. Part of the reason, too, that we had a couple week hiatus well, life gets in the way, so we'll say that. Yes. <laughs> but also, we were struggling to figure out where do we go with some of those topics. Right. So now, we're changing angles. Yes. And with that angle, this uh, with season two, it'll probably be about, I don't know, seven or eight episodes. Maybe more. I don't know. We'll see what it goes. But we felt led to talk about the topic of the prophetic ministry. Come on. Which we are both very passionate about. We have a lot of journey in it we have a lot of stories we have a lot of i feel like revelation too in this um specific topic and uh so much so that actually tyler wrote a book on it called prophetic personalities by tyler kingsland Mao. oh you gotta throw the middle name that's it and everybody should go buy it. it's on amazon right yeah on amazon and and if you uh would rather purchase one in person i still have a few copies left and i need to order a new new batch yeah. i actually sold almost all of them oh the ones come that I had on in yeah so it's it's been yeah it's been cool yeah i haven't finished it yet it's a it's a pretty long book but it's great i'm telling you like i'm halfway through and just it's i've read a lot of um books on the prophetic i'm, I'm pretty well versed in this topic but man tyler does bring a, a such a unique perspective on it um just a lot of awesome nuggets in there about just different types of how you know people of how they hear god and it's just it's super encouraging it, it did give me even a lot of encouragement good i'm glad and I, I you know since we're talking about the prophetic it's interesting today is like our first almost snow like it's like a little icy outside oh, it's supposed yeah. to snow today so it's yeah. time for the new season whoa because the season's changing uh-oh come on yeah there's like Western Pennsylvania right now. Here's your weather report for us today. Western Pennsylvania, Northeast Pennsylvania, and basically everybody but us is getting like hammered by snow. But we have like this like freezing rain. I had to take the dog out this morning. I almost slipped. It was good times, but <laughs> it's like the rain. It's pretty though. I mean, it freezes on like the dead branches and stuff, but it looks like crystals almost or like like diamonds almost or i don't know yeah and it's supposed to snow tonight i think really yeah oh boy i parked my car for the first time in the garage last night so gotta get the shovel out i'll tell you a funny story real quick when we first moved to pennsylvania so almost two in january it'll be two years we moved in and two days later two or three days later the biggest they were saying the biggest snowstorm in pa that has happened and not in like 10 years happened and we had we just came we just moved from florida so we had no snow boots no winter clothes, really. I mean, we had a couple long sleeve shirts and a hoodies, but, but we were like, oh my gosh, Walmart, we got to go. And then everybody and their mother's there thinking it's like snowpocalypse happening. And man, but the Lord provided. We got like a little flimsy shovel. Oh gosh. <laughs> and some earmuffs and we're good to go. You have Lord. to learn quick. There's all kinds of things. You got to have stuff for your car. Yes. You got to have shovels. You got to have the right type of footwear. Yeah. So I had to learn the same stuff when I moved up years and years ago. So. Yes. 
Yeah, but new season. So we so a lot of the podcasts that we're about to do is going to actually come from Tyler's book because it's just there's there's so much in it, and you know I really want to honor you, Tyler, and and the book you wrote. And but also I think it's it's our our listeners need to hear some amazing insight. Uh, of what you write in there. So we're going to talk about prophetic personalities. So uh, with with the topic of the book, can you tell our listeners and me even, I've, I've heard some portions of the story of how the book became to be, but can you tell us the journey of like how God put it on your heart to write it and like what was the season like? Like, tell me about it. Yeah. So it goes back uh, quite a few years. I guess I'll start by saying this, like there are always so many signs along the way when I know the, that the Lord has called you to do something. If sure. you look back, sometimes hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you look back at your life and you realize there were certain conversations you had, decisions you made, classes you took where sure. you're like, oh man, God was actually preparing me for this and I didn't know. I hated it at the time, but he was preparing me. So I, I go back to college. I was in uh, I was an English major at, oh, yeah. at Georgetown University in D.C. My mom had convinced me that it would be a good idea to, to do a liberal arts education in college. And what that basically means is you're taking just a, a wide assortment of classes that right. are designed to help you think, write, communicate. Like critical thinking. Critical stuff thinking, like all of that, yeah. as opposed to like a business degree where you're much more specialized. Sure. So I took all types of classes, philosophy, English, theology, uh, Catholic imagination. What? All, that was a class? Yeah, I did. I Catholic just, imagination? I, the, yeah, theater and the Catholic imagination. We did theater stuff and talked about meditation. It was crazy. Interesting. We did, yeah, we did guided imageries through the scripture at, at the Jesuit residence. Wow. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Everyone got an A. It was, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> you basically had to show up, but it was cool. Yeah, we, we'd go through chunks of passages in Matthew or Mark, Luke or John. And then at the end, the priest would say, or the Jesuit priest would say, now, how does this, how does this relate to the gospel? And your assignment is to write a half page on what this passage says about the, why is there good news in this passage? Wow. And there were non-believers in there too, that are having to come up with reasons why it's good news about the gospel. Praise God. So anyways, yeah, I was doing all these cool, (laughs) unique classes. I took, I took a couple of business classes as well. I took this one class though, my senior year, called creative nonfiction and well actually and before that too in my other English classes I found I was in this unique journey with the Lord at that time where I was uh, I had had an, a profound encounter with the Lord at 19 where he really opened my eyes to the spiritual realm and made me I was already sensitive my whole life but this was it was like turned up the dial majorly and I was there was a part of me that wanted to fit in really, really bad in college and, and be cool and whatever else. And then the other side that was like having these very strange experiences that I couldn't explain and no one could explain to me. And I started just realizing, well, my strength having grown up in the church is that like when I read these literature books, I see biblical, I see biblical parallels. So I started writing these papers where I would talk about how they perverted biblical illusions or i would say here are the biblical parallels and i don't know if dickens and all these other authors or faulkner were planning these things when they initially wrote their their books but my teachers were like we've never thought of a lot of the things that you're writing about but this is pretty fascinating wow yeah so i had one one teacher as my freshman year professor debelius she said i will always remember about you two things texas because i always wore (laughs) i always wore texas clothes 
Right. Always. She was like some Longhorns. Had a, and, oh, oh, I did yeah. burn orange all the time. Man. <laughs> I was I was repping with pride. Here you go. <laughs> Probably unhealthy pride, but there was a lot of good pride too. And she said, the second thing I'm going to remember is all of the biblical parallels you were able to pull from these these books. So I say all that because it was there was something stirring back then as I'm writing these, doing all this writing. I get to my senior year and I'm taking this creative nonfiction course. And I, this is a very unique course because normally when you write a fiction book, which is a book that's not real, but you're making, you're making up a story, you are, you're supposed to basically come up with something that, that's not true or not based on facts, but you're trying to draw the, the reader in through creative writing. Mm-hmm. When you do creative nonfiction, you're actually talking about something that actually happened and you're doing it in a way that's with the same type of hook, the same type of language that draws people in to describe the way you felt about something, the way you saw it, the way you experienced it without telling them how to feel and how to see. Interesting. Yeah. I started writing a a paper that year about my journey with dreams, prophetic dreams and dream interpretation in front of the, the whole class. We had to present our papers in front of the whole class and get critiqued on them. Oh, snap. And... Yeah, so I had so I went. It was a very. I went to a very liberal university. So some of the people there are writing about coming out of the closet. Then you've got other people writing about God knows what, like all kinds of crazy stuff. So they get to me, and I, I said, I'm going to talk about my relationship with Jesus and how He speaks to me in dreams. I write this paper, and obviously, man, it stirred up all kinds of stuff in the room. Like people were. People, all kinds of crazy people start manifesting. Probably. Oh yeah, man. I didn't know about that. Like what that was back sure. then, but it was, I got ripped apart because the person who wrote the paper couldn't respond to people's critiques. Oh man. So you so just you, had to sit there, you had to and sit there in silence. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I had 18 to 20 people in there and a lot of them were coming after me. And one girl wrote on my paper, you better stop trying to convert us and just write your paper. Wow. Yeah. The teacher, the professor like stopped everyone. Cause it got so intense and said like, if y'all, if y'all hated this paper so much, why'd you keep reading it? Oh yeah. I was drop like, the okay, mic. okay. Professor Tilden, you better yeah. drop some knowledge. Right. So, so then at the, uh, she starts saying, yeah, but you know, like I had a dream last night where something happened and I was lying in a pile of blood. Does that mean something? She's kind of mocking me. And in my mind, I thought, yeah, it does mean something. Yeah, let me give you the interpretation. Yeah, yeah. See me after class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll show you who the professor is. No, yeah, I'm kidding. Right? So, no, I'm totally joking. I didn't say anything back. I just was. So it was all pointing to yes. you writing this book. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, all this stuff was pointing. The, the reason I said all that backstory, and I didn't plan on saying all that, is the teaching assistant of that class was a lesbian something. I forget what she was. She was a very smart, amazing girl, but was um, obviously very different beliefs than, than sure. I have. She told me at the end of the semester, she said, you better keep writing Whoa. and you need to keep writing about these things. Praise so God. So that stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. So I have that in the back of my mind. I'll try to go a little faster now to get to the end of this. But again, I didn't plan on saying all this no, stuff. You're good. But you're good. Get to where I'm uh, traveling in ministry with Jamie a few years later. And there was a teaching given on prophetic personalities by... Uh, one of the one of the people on staff, and they talked about four ways that God can speak to you. And I thought it was pretty fascinating. It was very, very high level, very basic, very general. But I thought, this is kind of fascinating. So I just kind of tucked it away. And I ended up um, like just kind of mulling it over for years and thinking about it. And fast forward to I move up to Lancaster, 
and I'm doing a um, a teaching for a small group that was on the prophetic and worship, and I decided the second, I think it was the second session, the first session I talked about intimacy is the gateway into the prophetic, and then the second uh, session I talked about prophetic personalities, and as I dug into it before that teaching, I went much deeper than anything I had heard about, and I began to realize there's a lot more to this than I was even told. I taught on it, and there was such a response from people, so many questions, so much passion about knowing like main ways that God created people to speak or to hear, and I realized, like, wow, there's something more to this. So basically, the Lord, out of that, he told me, I want you to write on it. And I initially was like, I'm not going to write on this. I, like, I, I had found out there's a lady, uh, what's her name? Havala Cunnington. She's out of um, Bethel. She had done a course on this, but again, very much different than what I wrote in this book. But I thought, she already has a course. And the Lord was like, I want you to take it deeper, and I want you to do it from a different perspective. And I wrestled him. Boy, I wrestled him. And uh, I won't go into all the signs that pointed to him. There was him, many, I'm him, assuming. Him winning, but yeah. he won. And then I started writing, and boy, it was uh, three years of on and off writing, rewriting. I checked this morning as I was like flipping through stuff on my computer. I have 55 versions of this book oh saved on my computer. Yeah, dating back to a long time ago. So this is this is this is a big deal for you to finally publish it though, and 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 kind of just put you know it's like a baby you birthed essentially, and you know it's like finally out there, and so that's. It's a big baby. A big baby. <laughs> 300 baby something for, pages. I was Come carrying on, that baby for a couple years. But yeah, it, it's definitely, it incorporates a lot of unique perspectives on the prophetic, things that I'm passionate about, things I had to wrestle through for a lot of years. I didn't just like feel these things and just write them down. I, I tested them, tested them against scripture. I tested them in interviews with people I trust and over and over again until I got to a point where I saw so many patterns for all the five that I, that I realized, okay, we're ready. And so it came to, it came to a helm there at the end. Like I had this fall, I had been feeling like, I just feel like the grace is lifting for me to edit this. And a friend of mine from California had a prophetic dream called me. He's like, I don't know what this means. And explained to me and I went, Oh my gosh, I know what that means. And it was talking about my book being published. So it's basically God saying it's time. So I, I let it go, birth the baby. And now we're trying to nurse it. Oh my goodness. That's such a cool story, man. I love how God spoke to you and you put the clues together. And I think that's like such a big thing in the prophetic too. Like you may think things just, you know, there's general things happening or you don't really pay them much mind. But like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. I shouldn't say that's probably a, a buzzword for you. <laughs> we don't want to remember that year. Um, but <laughs> anyway, we, 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 you know, God puts these things in our path and we are like, Oh, okay. It's just life. And then you look at, you know, things five years, you know, from now and you're like, Oh, that's, that's what God was trying to like foreshadow a little bit. There's some uh, English term foreshadowing of what is to come and what is he's he's kind of talking to you about. So I think that's so cool. Yeah, I, when you look back for anybody in here, anything that you're doing, probably even the job that you're in right now, mm-hmm. or some of the hobbies that you're going into, God, there, there's signs. Yes, along the way, conversations, like little 
little things that people said to you, dreams you might have had, things you picked up in nature. Like it doesn't, it could be anything. Living geographically, locations, places, you know, even on a vacation you go on. You know, there's there's little, little like things that God can, you know, foreshadow. It was crazy. There's another piece to it that's kind of unique. When I traveled with Jamie, I helped him write a book. He, really? He wrote a book called Hearing was is hearing God's voice mm-hmm. and I took his sermons and put them into a book and then try to make them to where it flowed kind of like a book and so you're like an editor so kind of deal I was a ghostwriter oh ghostwriter I was okay. a ghostwriter holy so, ghostwriter holy ghostwriter hopefully in <laughs> holy ghost inspired so there was there was a chapter in there on the prophetic personalities where we just did a paragraph or something on each one. Oh, very and cool. um, yeah that was that became like some of people's favorite favorite chapter so that also played a role in it very cool where it got interesting though helped publish this thing my name's not on it like it's within the one of the editor copyright pages but very small print you'd have to <laughs> you gotta get, get the that magnifying yeah. glass out <laughs> yeah you'd have to really search for it to find me i wasn't bothered by that at all i just was like i was humble there. beginnings yeah i was there to serve just just to help help get get it out there and help support his ministry didn't think much of it so i show up to threshold this mm-hmm. is years before, years ago. It's like 2017, 2018 time. And for, 2018. The, and for those listening, Threshold is our church that we're, we attend. We're on staff on if anybody's listening out there and doesn't know what Threshold is. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Good asterisk. So I show up at Threshold. It's like twenty early 2018 or something like that. And they did a message. Jake did a message on Joseph and how the, the prison leads to the palace. Such a powerful message. And at the end, he's he has everyone stand up to do a, like to start the altar call. And this large man is standing in front of me all of a sudden. And he, I, I knew who he was because the uh, the people that I had, had brought me to the church told me, hey, there's this guy, like he's our, our friend. You should probably meet him at some point. But I had never actually met him. So he's standing in front of me and he goes, hey, I want to pray for you. Like this message was for you. I said, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you, sir. And he goes, no, no, no. This message is for you. And he's huge. He's like six foot six. So oh my goodness. You're, you're like, oh, okay. He starts praying. And one of the first things he says is, I see this book you wrote, but your name's not on it. Wow. Yeah. And I, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, I literally. You did it, it, did, no, it didn't click. <laughs> no. I was like, what are you talking about? And then he goes into all this other stuff. Super accurate. Yeah. Super accurate prophetic word. And then like maybe a couple minutes later, I go, oh my gosh. Yeah. I wrote that book but my name is not on the cover. Wow. And he basically told me there was a reason God had you help write that book. And it was preparation and training for what, what he's going to call yes, you to sir. do. Yes, so sir. it's cool to see you don't even realize certain things that God's ordering your steps. And I don't know. It was still a battle to, to write this one, but it did help that I've written one before. And let that be an encouragement to anybody listening today. I mean, it, we, we, <laughs> Humility, right? We have to humble ourselves. And we, and if you look at any star athlete, you know, any um, actor out there, they they all come most for most of the time. I would say like I don't know, eighty five to ninety percent of them come from humble beginnings, right? You're you're doing the work that nobody wants to do. You're you're it's it's the unseen things, but that's what God delights in. Because like you know, and there's so many examples in in. The Bible too, David, Shepherd Field to you know the throne, and then you know um, 
Joseph too, like that whole prison of the palace thing. I mean, there's, 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 it's foreshadowing, right? So for anybody out there listening to this right now, like, and you're in those humble beginnings or those, it, you know, you've been in the humble middles and it feels like the end, right? But it's not. God's continuing to, you know, get your heart and in, 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 in time and due season. I, I can't get over how perfect the timing of God is. Like, it's perfect. Like, there, there's no way around it. But be encouraged if you're listening to this today because, man, God is 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 letting you, you know, be seasoned almost. It's like, you know, the fine wine, you know, you got to sit on the shelf a little bit before you be poured out. Come on, dude. That's good. That is good. I hope that is encouraging for people. I know there's a lot of people out there who are, we're in such a season of, here's a prophetic buzzword, transition. Yes. And people are crossing <laughs> over into new things ministries, relationships, and jobs, I don't know, geographically. I've heard of a lot of people moving recently. Yeah. And as we're pressing into this stuff, just know, like, the Lord is ordering your steps. He's ordering the steps you can't see. There's so much I couldn't see in this over the years, and I just, every step was was obedience to the Lord when I couldn't see it, when I couldn't understand it, and just to encourage anyone out there who's, who's listening and may feel discouraged or kind of like, I don't know how this is ever going to happen, like, just keep going. Right. Because I, I wanted to quit several times reading, writing this book. And then every time the Lord would come in with a, with something, whether it was a dream or someone saying something to me, where's the book, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, off and on for three years, no no exaggeration. Man. And a couple months I'd sprint and then I'd I'd stop for months. I, re, I literally think I had three or four legitimate revisions of it. And now, yeah, I, I got to where it was 300-something pages, but it was yeah it was it was nothing like this when i first wrote the first revision right. so let me ask you this how does it feel now that you're we're, we literally have two copies of the book that we're holding right now how does it feel to physically see the book knowing that it's out there the feedback you're getting like how's it feel feels good i would say i was an emotional wreck the first 24 hours <laughs> when sure. i released it because i i put a lot of personal stuff in here and i put elements of my own story and i think i was really wrestling with that internally sure i'm a private person in a lot of ways and i don't always love putting myself out there yeah. necessarily for a whole bunch of strangers to see to see everything that's their intimate on. details yeah. about your life yeah sure yeah so i wrestled with it and then after 24 hours the lord like the lord lifted that off of me and i realized you know what this is good this is a good step and it and it feels really really good because now i get to enjoy the fruit of it because yeah. I, i'm getting some pretty pretty cool testimonies Good. From different places, like people I've never met before, emailing me. Come on, from different states that I haven't even, like areas I've never been to. Like, the, the one of the coolest ones. There's this lady, who, commented on one of my Facebook posts where I put that the I released the book or whatever. It was my initial post, mm-hmm. and she comments on there and goes, "I'm loving the book. Like such a unique perspective. I love reading books about God's voice like this." I'm like, "Who the heck is this? Who are you?" Yeah. So I. Look her up, and she leads some ministry out in Kentucky. Okay, and Colonel yeah, Sanders. Yeah, All right. yeah. And she's got she's she's almost or she was like at five thousand friends, or about to be one of the people who's followed. So she's not just a. She seems like she's actually like it, been established in ministry. And I just messaged her. I said, "How did? Who are you? And how did you find this book?" Sure. She said, "Well, I was doing a teaching on seers and feelers, and." There were people in the room that needed some revelation on what it meant to be discerners. And she said, so I typed in 
information about discerners or knowers into Google and your name popped up. Wow. So I just ordered your book and I've been reading it because <laughs> she travels around and teaches on these things. You never know who's going to get it. Man, yeah. And that's then so cool. she knows one of the pastors that she was working with knows Jake. So no it was just crazy. Yeah. In Illinois or something. So yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Gotten some messages from others, but Along the lines, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, what? okay, what is the book about? You've said all these things about what you did, sure. your journey. The book is about five main ways that people were created to hear the voice of God. Yeah. So there are, I'll give you just the five personalities. We'll dive into these in future episodes. But there are knowers, the discerners I just referenced, seers, hearers, feelers, and speakers. We'll, and I, like I said, we'll we'll unpack what those are in future episodes. But the reason why I wrote the book the way that I did is it seems like in a lot of our meetings, like the only prayer that we pray for people is God release dreams and visions over people. Mm, like how many that. how Come many on. meetings have you been in where that's that's the go to prayer? Sure. Like a lot. <laughs> how, how many times has that been prayed over you? Probably a million. Yeah, a lot. And and, and what, it happens, but you know, but then there's people who don't necessarily, you know, that's not the main one that God's made them to be functioning, right? Yeah, I I just am like, well, why? Like, when was the last time we someone got up there and said, "All right, we're gonna," I just want to pray that God gives us a greater capacity for His emotions. Well, I've never heard a prayer about that. Like, I we're we're gonna pray that God uses your natural intuition and makes you extremely discerning. Like, like you never hear stuff like that or, which is so needed right now in the body, by the way, we need true discern, like true, true discernment. Yes. Like for, I just want to pray an impartation over all the analytical people in the room because (laughs) God is going to use your detailed nature to speak to you in all things. Come on. Like when have we ever heard those? So I just realized, I feel like we've made this cookie cutter impartation prayer in the, in prophetic type meetings and in general just meetings where our only thing that we know is dreams and visions and i realized god just put a burden on my heart like this is it goes way deeper than this and i didn't make everyone the same like yes yes god is going to pour his spirit on all all flesh and give dreams and visions but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's primary mode of relating to god in the world is through visual stuff right like like psychology and other things refute that anyways. Like not everyone it relates to information and sure. receives the same way. So why would God talk to everyone exactly the same? Yeah. Like you look at the way Jesus related to the disciples and he relates to each one of them uniquely. Like there are absolute truths that he applies to them. No question. Like this, love your neighbor. Sure. Like love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Yes, those are commands. But if you if you read between the lines and you read the text and you look at what happens with all of the disciples that we have information about, because some of them we don't really know, we don't know a lot about where their journey was. We have to look at history. When you look at that, though, you can see he personalizes his communication to them. He personalizes the way he rebukes them, the way he empowers them and challenges them. And that was really my heart behind it was to to expand our understanding of the way God wants to relate to us. A lot of times we talk about God's voice like it's it's some separate thing that we need to learn and it's going to take forever to figure out. But, but the revelation that I got from the Lord in this, and I had never, a lot of the things in this, I, I had never really heard from other people, which is why I had to test them out. Um, is the revelation is this, like God made you a certain way. When you get saved, he doesn't destroy that part of you. Mm. He just sanctifies it. Yeah. Come on. Like he, he, he redeems it. There's a prophetic 
side to the way you you were naturally made and that can only come through the blood of Jesus and yes. through surrender to yes. the cross but when that happens God takes you on a whole new journey of relating to him like why would God create you naturally to relate a certain way to a bunch of people and then and then not have him relate to you that way right and that's so man I love that because it's you're right like I think a lot of people could get easily discouraged discouraged like yeah like dreams are available to everybody you know you know prophetic visions are available to everybody yeah and people can have them but it might not be their natural tendency if you have somebody who's so analytical and they're thinking and and just they're the way you know and they're not like a dreamer or whatever and and then you have you know these people in these you know especially in the charismatic Pentecostal services if you go into like people who are prophets and prophetic meetings which is all good because you know they're, they're doing how they're naturally inclined but yeah you don't think about how other people who are still prophetic or in still hear God, but it's not in the way that, you know, that necessarily the main guy at the pulpit is, is preaching at. So that is so cool that you're encouraging people who've been discouraged in that. Yeah. And, and what if, I mean, you're, so I know you've talked about this before, so this is not something that's out of the blue, but like yeah. you're sent, you consider yourself a sensitive person. Very. Yes. So if, so if, if I don't know that about you and I try to talk to you like as a bulldozer, sure. I'm going to run you over the wrong way and you're going to be left like, what the heck? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and then if I'm, a, if I'm a minister that you look up to or I'm a, I'm a man or woman of God and I do that to you, then all of a sudden you might start thinking that like God is a bulldozer and doesn't know you. Right. But the, the way we treat people is, is important to the Lord. Yes. And part of that is studying how did God make people? Yes. How does he want to talk to them? If I know you're sensitive, then I can automatically know I can't communicate with you and nor should I the same way that I do with other people. Sure. Yeah. So I, there's, there's a lot of layers to this and I just, I, I think that there's, it, it relates to our relationship north and south between us, us and the Lord, but also east and west, east and west with people. Yeah. So it should affect that and it, it'll affect too, like type of types of jobs we get into because i get into some of that stuff in each section but true so it's yeah and that i love that because it's not necessarily just the you know you hear from the lord which is so important you do with those those you know ways he's created you but it's how you interact with other people too and like how you navigate uh conflict and how you you know um deal with emotional issues and, and emotional things and relationships and it's it's yeah it goes all the way around it does man i love it it does it does yeah sweet so um when you talk about like so in this book too you identify strengths and weaknesses of each i like how you do not just this good things but you also can you know talk about pitfalls of people's you know if you're a you know a speaker your pitfall can be you know different things we'll get into that later but yeah. like i think that's so good because we you know it's good to know like it's good to talk about the strengths and where it where your gifting is it makes room but then you have also the flip side of it where you know it's not weak you, you don't say the weaknesses to just call them out and make people feel bad but it's it's giving them an opportunity to protect themselves from those things right we all have blind spots right everybody listening all of us we have blind spots and i believe that's part of why this well this revelation was so important to me is because it protects us from the areas that we can't see there are you can even look at business journals articles from the harvard business review 
just a very practical example, people who are very vision oriented, big picture, they are not necessarily gifted in, 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 in understanding how to break it into small pieces and put a vision into, into practice or make it come to life. They're great at dreaming. They're great at sometimes great at strategizing, but they're not always great at implementation. So that would be almost, there's going to be inherent blind spots for those types of people. So what did they do? They surround themselves with people who are better at implementation and better at middle level management so that they can bring a dream to life and birth the baby, I guess, to use your words. Right. Let me ask you this. Can someone be all five? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, that's literally one of the chapters. Yeah, it's one of the chapters. I think that's uh, one of the third or fourth. So can you be all five? All right, I'll say this. This is something that several people have brought brought up to me. God wants you to grow in all of these areas. Yes. Part of being a mature believer is is relating to God's emotions, is seeing with your spiritual eyes what he sees, is hearing him. Um, knowing, discerning, like he wants us all to grow in that. But when I'm talking about personalities, I'm, I'm talking more about primary tendencies, ways you communicate, ways you relate to the world, ways you would be relating to the world if you knew God or not. And it, I, I use the term like primary, secondary, because most people, if they're being honest, like have one or two that they lean on more than others. Like, I know that certain prophetic people will have like subdominant or secondary type of, of personalities, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's their number one thing. Sure. And the reason why, and I write about this in here, there's several reasons why I think that's important. Number one, if, if you read something like this and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm all five, then you're what you're, that's, that's rooted in pride. Mm. It is. And it's ignorance too. Yes. Because what you're saying is like, I really, I hear God in all these ways. I see God in all these ways without stating it. People who believe that kind of stuff don't think they need help from other people. Wow. It's, it's, it's an unspoken thing. You, you wouldn't need to then ask someone else's opinion on a discernment matter because all of a sudden you know how to discern everything. Right. It's we need each other. It's that's why there's the fivefold ministry too, right? We it's not just apostles. Apostles need pastors. Pastors need apostles. Like that goes into that whole topic. But especially with the so if you narrow down on the prophetic, seers need feelers. Feelers need speakers. Speakers need hearers, knowers. I mean, we need we all need each other. That's why we're a body, right? Yeah. Come on could say that again it one of the things that bothered me a lot as i've been in this movement and been in this sphere of christianity for a long time is that when when speakers will stand up i'm not talking about personality speakers i'm talking about uh maybe i'll say it this way when preachers or Mm. teachers stand up in pulpits and they say how many of you are feeler types and i see so many hands go up or how many of you are seers and all these hands will go up and i'm looking around and i'm going no there's no way there's just like maybe maybe you have an element of that personality, but there's how I don't see how that could be your primary thing. I started wrestling with this, and I think most people assume that because they feel an emotion, or because they see a prophetic picture, or because they have a a moment where something doesn't seem right, and they discern something's off, that oh okay that means I'm a knower, or I'm a feeler, I'm a seer. But we got to go deeper and like what is the purpose? What's the original intention of each one of those? And scripturally, too, not just 
like what I think about those. Scripturally, what is God's highest intention for a feeler, for a seer, for a knower, for a for a hearer? As I began to flesh this out, I realized like there are certain motivations, there are certain values that each one of these prophetic types holds dear. And you can see it across scripture from Old Testament to New, which is what I get into in a lot of these sections that I wrote about. And we have to do some honest reflection when we look at our lives and say, sure, I I have the capacity to feel emotions. I have the capacity to have dreams sometimes. Does that make me a seer? Does that make me a feeler? Like in a lot of cases, the problem is a lot of the people calling themselves feelers are some of the least like some of the least encouraging people I've ever been around. Wow. You're not a primary feeler if, if encouragement is not your highest value. Yeah, that's true. Like it, you should be lighting up the room if you're a primary feeler. And this is where teaching is needed because people just assume, well, I, I sense weird atmospheres. That means I'm a feeler. Okay, maybe maybe you just have the gift of discerning of spirits and this has nothing to do with you being a feeler. Mm. Like cuz the prophetic gifts, this is all the thing. The prophetic gifts are different from the personalities. The personality is like it's the way God made you to receive. That's good. The gift, the prophetic gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, God can mix and match those across the personalities as he will. Mm. And each one of them will will receive that discernment through a different filter. The speakers will, will receive it differently than the seers, than the feelers and the knowers. So the prophetic gifts we have to hold to the side. The Bible makes it clear, like not everyone has prophetic gifts, but everyone can hear God. And that's what the point is of this book is making it easy and relatable and understandable for people to do some honest reflection and look in the mirror and go, which ones of these are actually like my main like are the main ways that I would communicate with the Lord. And there are several questions I ask in the book that help unpack that both spiritual and practical. And as we do it, like I think what most people will come to the conclusion of is they may have two like real primary ones and then one or two that are, that are lower, but getting into the, this belief that like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a seer, feeler, knower, and then also partly a speaker. I, I just think, I just see unhealth in that. And I haven't honestly, I have not met ever met a person who has three or four primary personalities. I've sure. I've met people who've developed all five to some degree, and and I, you know, over the years, I, the reason why I can write this book is the Lord has developed some of these to a certain level in my life. But I I can honestly say, the most primary ways that God speaks to us, it, it's better to filter it down to a couple of them, um, maybe two two primary, and then maybe one or two secondary or something, but. We got to get away from wanting to be all things yes. to all to all people. Say that it's unhealthy to to want to be everything all the time. Yeah, we have this tendency in our society today. Everyone wants to understand themselves. People are hungry for for vocabulary and language of why they were made, whether they're Christian or not Christian. That's why there are thousands of personality tests out there. People mm. are fascinated by their understanding their identity. Sure, but we have to. <laughs> have to realize we also have a certain capacity, we have a certain potential, and we have certain things that God has wired us to do. And when we get comfortable in our own skin, we realize I don't have to be all things. Yeah. And thank God. <laughs> thank God we don't have to be all things, man. And it's Jesus Christ is is all of the is 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 the 
is the everything, right? It's it's him, and then th- and he gives us the body where we have pockets and different pieces. Someone's, you know, if you're a body part, someone's an arm, someone's an eye, someone's an ear, someone's a, a tongue and a mouth. It, thank God we need each other for the and it and it points us to him who is the completion. Oh man, that's so good. Well, I'm stirred, man. I'm excited for season two. Season two is gonna be fire. Yes, it's gonna be good. Well, I hope I hope it was helpful. I I know I went. We didn't plan out like exactly where we'd go with some of this, and I feel like I, I probably hit some rabbit trails there. But hopefully, it kind of made sense. It was Holy Ghost inspired. There we go. Well, hey guys, we are gonna wrap up here. I hope you are excited for season two. And we will be back with episode two very, very soon. So this is Eric. This is Tyler. And this is the Pilgrims Podcast. We'll see you later, guys.